podcast on today's episode i'll be hanging out with manga artist chris burns as we discuss his new manga series chikara power of god stay tuned because you don't want to miss this and without further ado let's get into it what's up y'all it's your girl the spice lady herself welcome back to another episode of the spice lady talks podcast and today I have a very special guest with me today. I'm um, let me introduce himself. <laughs> Hi everybody. My name is Chris Burns. Um I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a professional manga artist. Hey, hey. So before we start, um, I wanna ask you, because we've we've been in quarantine, so I wanna ask you like, what have you been doing to stay sane during this whole thing? Cause normally I'm like, what's your quarantine binge list? Now, this can be like anime, comics, video games, just what activities or entertainment experience have you been doing to help you, you know, through this time? Um, Honestly, being in quarantine isn't that much different from my day-to-day life <laughs> in general. Even before quarantine, I, I was I mainly just stay in my room and, and just work. Um, I definitely can say that being in quarantine and not being able to go out and do much has actually improved my um work schedule rather than like hinder it because before mm-hmm. i was um i was i was not really putting as much energy as, as i could have been into like my art and then like my manga i was slacking because you know i could go hang out with my friends go play volleyball do whatever and just be like oh you know i have plenty of time like i literally am my own boss so it's not like i have like a like you know like a due date or anything i can do whatever but uh now that i can't go do all those things i literally have this non-stop just been working drawing practicing playing music just getting better at something so i don't feel like i've wasted this time i feel that it's funny because like for me the first like two three weeks i was loving quarantine because like like you said i was like getting a lot of stuff done you know the semester was ending you know so i was getting caught up in that and i was like i was loving it i was like yes like you know but then after that three week mark i started you know getting kind of like dang like <laughs> like you know depression hit or whatever but then I was like let me let me get out of that so now I kind of like create like a, a time schedule for me that allows me to be creative because I was finding myself where I was just like sitting there doing nothing but yeah so I totally feel that, like the first three weeks yes I'm like yes I love quarantine like I'm always home so yeah like now I have excuse just to be home like <laughs> Oh, yeah, like Animal Crossing came out right when quarantine oh. happened. So the first few weeks, literally, I was on Switch just every single day. Then I realized I was like, yo, I was like, I literally do this all the time. I just game. Like, I was just like, I literally game and watch anime all the time. I was just like, I need to do something. <laughs> like, I need to I need to be, like, better. Like, I'm not getting anywhere if I'm just going to do this. So 
What's been some okay. animes you've been getting caught up on? Because I've been getting caught up on a lot. Um, let's see. I recently, I kind of, I've been rewatching a lot of stuff that gave me inspiration in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of see what they did and things I like have missed. Um, I'm still watching Border Toast, so I'm like watching that all the time. Uh, my cousin told me to watch uh, this new racing anime called Apare Rayman. Yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah. Still can't pronounce the name right because it's just that weird. I I, I'm, I, I've watched it. I'm trying right now in this stage. Like I want to watch more anime, but like I, I have a habit of like if I watch a new anime, like subconsciously, like some stuff will get like mixed in with mm. my story, and I don't like that. Yeah. Because even though it's like there's some things like for Naruto, Kill a Kill, like other stuff that I'm purposely putting in my story, like as a homage to. Like, that's what I gained in first from. Like, I planned it, mm. but I don't want things slipping in, like, from other anime like that. Because then my story just gets diluted. And it's just like every other anime, you know? Yes. I, I love my hero. I definitely don't want my hero coming into this. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's, it's fantastic. But no, I, told, I totally feel that because, um, like, same as well. Um, but well, back to Apera, whatever. I love the character designs in that anime. Those character designs in anime is they're so pretty, and I think it's Studio Mapla, right? If I'm not mistaken. Studio Mapla does the animation on it. I, I think, think so. So I mean, I'm not surprised, but like the character designs on the anime was amazing. Um, too bad it's like delayed, but yeah, like the, I like the anime. But like you said, that's that's really right because I was going to ask you that another question later on, like what what are your inspirations for your um manga? But yeah, like because. I th- that's we take inspirations from certain things. So if you're like somewhere else and you're like, wait, that's not the direction I want to go in. It's important to like protect your creative space, I guess. You know, so like you gotta watch what you what you watch or like you know what you intake in because I mean we when you create stuff, it's from either experiences or inspiration. So I totally feel that. Um, I've been doing a lot of getting caught up like I've been watching a lot of Hunter Hunter and I'm like realizing I guess I'm realizing what series I don't want like my manga to go into you know so sometimes I'm like let me take a break because you know that's too much <laughs> I don't want to get but what you said was really spot on I love that so I guess we're on, on topic so you are the creator of Chikara Power of God, do you mind explaining the series for those who don't know about it? Uh, yeah, so my series is based on the book of Revelation in the Bible. It's loosely based. I wouldn't say it's like super, super accurate. There's things in there that I'm putting in there from the Bible. For the most part, it's a shonen fantasy series that's based on, um, there's 12 characters that the story focuses on, but there's one main character. His name is Kurisu. Um, it takes place, the beginning takes place in the United States, but the story goes over the whole planet eventually. It's going to really show you guys what the apocalypse would look like if it happened today. And if for some reason the apocalypse happened and everything ended up going, I guess, in a good way, rather than like the world ending, mm-hmm. rather than like people making new societies and like there's new species and stuff. So it's, it's literally probably a hodgepodge of a lot of different animes that, that are my inspiration that we'll talk about at some point. Um, that When you read it, you'll be like, oh, that reminds me of this. Or oh, I can see that he's put that in there. So I'd say it's probably, it's in, in a nutshell, it's, it's an adventure fantasy series that's roughly based on the Bible. So, And 
because we were introduced by mutual and it's funny because um before we even met i was all working on my own you know manga comic that kind of also i was using like bible and scripture based as well and so when a mutual was introduced us together and like we started talking and you brought up yours i was like I'm not the only one. Like, because, you know, cause I was embarrassed to talk about it or even to bring it out. And I was kind of like just doing it like a secret bug. I mean, you were like openly talking about like, and the revelations of note of like, you know, of all the books, Revelations, one of like the most like craziest, you know, like I feel like I have to get prayed up to read Revelation. So the fact that you're diving into it and put it into a shonen based manga, I thought was awesome. And extremely brave. So um, I guess my next question was, um, what made you decide that you wanted to create your own manga? And how did you come up with the concept of Chikara Power of God? Um, let's see. What got it? Uh, you said, what was the first one? Um, it what was, I, yeah. What, what, was your, what was your, like, your aha moment of, like, I want to make my own manga? Okay. So um, I grew up reading comic books pretty much like a lot of people that I know. I'm sure you did. Grew up reading Marvel, DC. Um, I don't know if you read, read Archie. I didn't read Archie. I read Sonic, which was made by the Archie comics, uh, Sonic mm -hmm. the Hedgehog. So I grew up always already in the comics. My dad was in the comic books growing up. So it's just, we've always been nerds, just like that in general in our family. Um, I didn't get into even anime. Or let me let me rephrase that. I knew I watched anime growing up, but I didn't understand that manga came first until I was about probably 12 or 13 and then once i realized because i was watching naruto when it came on the cartoon network back in like was it 2005 or six never they finally ported it over um i realized i was like oh man i was just like i didn't realize that you know people made comic books and that got turned into a cartoon because the only thing the only thing i had reference was was marvel and dc no one else in america did that yeah like it was just you know, we had superman Batman, Spider-Man cartoons, like that was the Looney Tunes, but those were, well, I guess those were comics at some point too, but nothing like an anime where it's like multiple people doing their own stories that get turned into anime. Like that, yeah. that was, that was mind boggling to me. So about, I would say about 14 is when I got started learning how to actually draw anime and manga. Of course I was drawing Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, Fairy Tale, SAO, the staples of what yes. I guess people draw just in general to get hype and stuff. But um, I'd say I remember working on my first character, I'd say when I was about 15, um, his name was Daichi and the story was like Daichi and the Legendary Sword. And it was like, oh, it was such a ripoff of Naruto. <laughs> such a, honestly, like such, like I had, I had, like, I literally have all my books that I drew this stuff and I literally had him going from different dimensions into different anime worlds. Like he met Naruto at one point and he was Toby at some, like it, it was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I guess so it was but that was like my way of figuring out like storytelling yeah. on like how to make this stuff work. So I'd say probably in high school I came up with my next story which was called uh it's called Die Three Key, which was about a group of kids in high school that would um at night they would there were demons would spawn outside their school and they were their um duty was to protect their school so they would like get all these powers at night and fight off the demons before the next day. Or else I guess the world will blow up. I don't know. <laughs> and then, so that was like my first official, I guess, manga that I still have, um, where I was like, actually, I made my own characters, the plot, all that stuff. And then I realized that, huh, this kind of sounds like Soul Eater. 
So I was like, I need to stop. Oh my god, it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like this sounds like this sounds like a rip off a soul eater. So I took some time off. I'd say junior year, senior year of high school, I came up with Future of Love, which I mm-hmm. we've talked about yeah. a while ago. That was uh, that was my next story, which was that was the only, that was my first manga that I did. It was 195 pages of uh, plot holes, <laughs> non consistent art. Because my art during that time was developing. Like, it wasn't yeah. already, I didn't already have my style, so I was still changing. And throughout the story, you can see it. And I was just like, something's not, something's not right. I was just like, this, this story, like, it was actually then Future of Love was basically SAO. That was my point. It was just SAO, another version of SAO. So at that point, I, that's when I went into my room. I was like, I was getting ready to go to college. Or no, I was in college when I had this kind of revelation. I was like, yo, and this leads into the second question about Chihada Chikara become a thing. Um, so I was in my room and I was just like, something's like, I was thinking about the second book for Future of Love. I was just like, something, neat. I was like, I don't know what else I want to write. I was like, I need to come up with something because I feel like lacking book one had so many plot holes. I have to draw a lot of stuff in book two just to make up for that. Like, it was really stressed out. Like, yeah. plus college. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it. Take a shower. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna go. Not even think about it. I just started playing music in the shower, and I was chilling. And me and my uncle had a conversation. I called him earlier, and he he studied or he studies Revelation because he's a pastor. So he we always have talked about Revelation just in general about things that are happening now mm-hmm. in correlation with then and how you know we're seeing things in real life that are actually that was written by John during Revelation. And I'm just like, you know, I find that stuff interesting. Yeah. So I'm just, Oh, I was like, this is really happening now. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, and I was in the shower and I was just like thinking, and all of a sudden it's just like, it's almost like God just kind of just like put it in my head. I was just like, yo, I was just like, why well, not just make a manga about Revelation, but like modernize it so that way people could actually enjoy it? Yes. And that's literally when the planning started. Um, I started just talking to my uncle about like Revelation. I started studying Revelation. I started saying like, the main thing that I wanted to have with my story was I didn't want to make it too Bible based. So that way people, I didn't want to make it too mm-hmm. Bible based that non-believers would be like, Oh, it's just a Christian manga. I don't believe in Christ. I'm not going to watch it. But I didn't want to make it too secular that Christians would watch it and be like, this has nothing to do with the Bible. It's blasphemy. That's the hardest part is bridging the two gaps and making sure that pe- everyone can love the story, yeah. not just Christians or people that, you know, aren't believers in Christ. Um, so that was definitely the hardest hurdle was getting over was designing this universe and characters to where you can see hints of the Bible and things happen in the story that happen in Revelation and that will happen in our life. But then there are things obviously like Kalani is a dog human. <laughs> yeah. Kalani is just cool. <laughs> like, you know, that's not biblical. She's just cool. So I, I started character designing in college. My professors definitely helped me with like concepts and colors. Like you should have seen what the colors looked like before they did. Now Kalani used to be blonde. My character had used to be pink. It was ridiculous. Like it had no. There was just no like design at all. Um, and that's basically how the story began, um, plot wise. Character wise is also. I, I have a lot of people ask me recently, actually, like how do you come up with character designs and mm-hmm. like all these iconic looking characters and stuff. And it's just like, for me personally, like I have such a big group of friends in real life 
that they're all like literally like anime characters themselves. It's yeah. just like I literally my friend, like my cousin, um, Bailey, that's literally like he might as well be the big strong guy in every anime <laughs> that like because he just is like that's I have my friend Trent that's super obnoxious. He's like the guy that always has like the glasses that thinks he knows everything. <laughs> like, like so I just I literally pull from like my friends like people are always like telling me like oh Kalani's so cute and Diaz I love Diaz because she's brown and like you know and like all these characters I'm just like and they're real people like yeah. Diaz is based off of my best friend from college which her name is Melanie Diaz. Kalani is her dog. I like <laughs> Bailey's character is Bailey in the like they're they're almost identical. So I just and I and I like doing stuff like that because if my friends are like I'm an only child, so like my friends throughout my life have been my family. Like I've mm. never had brothers or sisters. My all my family's older than me. Like my youngest cousin I'm close to is forty and she has kids. So like I literally my whole life I've been to myself. And even my parents, my parents were baby boomers, so they're older. Yeah. So I, like my friends literally have been my family through a lot of stuff. So this is also like a way of paying homage to them showing them like you know like you know i care about you guys and that you're in this book that you know i want you guys to have something that in the event that i die before you guys you can you know look at this and see that you know this you're 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 accepted and you're cared for even if in a point during their life where they might be like you know i'm nothing because we all get there at some point like yeah. we're sitting somewhere and we're depressed and we're like you know why doesn't this person like me or why won't this job hire me you know why don't people care, quote unquote? And it's just like, you know, and this story is basically to remind them that somebody does care. Even if you feel like they don't, like, you know, the world will know who you guys are, even if you're not famous. And <laughs> no care for you. Yeah. And, and like you said, um, normally whenever I ask people to create um, other, you know, creators, we always bring up the topic of like, portraying these characters from your own personal experiences. Because like, we create these characters and we have, People are really not, we, we all we portray them to people we know or you know or someone who we're close to because you know you have you already have a connection so it's easier to write that way and um what you said was definitely right like you know you having you know basically a family of friends that you you know you're around and you love to so why not put that into you know your own creation and you know um that's wonderful that's beautiful because like same um because I'm the oldest of three so I have two younger sisters, so all girls. So, you know, and my my manga, three sisters as well, again. So just seeing that, you know, that relatedness and it's easier to write that way. And I feel like you'll connect with more people that way because you are connecting already with these characters in your writing already. So, and a lot of, um, oh, there's a lot of characters in these, like, when you make a manga. So you got to stop with your friends first. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh! Like I'm like like look at see like fairy tale, Black Clover. I'm like there's a lot of like background characters. Forget about like the main cast, but like the background characters that you gotta make people like. It's like this is a lot of characters. So that's why I have such a respect for Oda um, for One Piece. Yeah, because like like just his main cast is so iconic, but he has so many. He has like the world government character. He has little pirates. He has just random people. He's literally built like a whole world off of this. I just can't even imagine. Like, my cast will definitely not be that big. I can definitely say it'll be probably about my hero size. That's mm -hmm. what I'm kind of going. Naruto to my hero, I get maybe 15 to 20 characters that they might not be main characters, but people will recognize. Mm -hmm. So I'm not making like a whole 
that's a whole, that's like, and the only reason he's able to do that is because he's been working since 97. Yeah. This, that's the only way he's been able to, if this, if the show was done, he wouldn't have been able to come up with all that. No, man. Cause like, just like these past few um, weeks, I've been like, I just created like three characters and I'm just like, and I'm nowhere close. So I, but your characters are so adorable. I, I love them. Um, I saw your little like animation, like anime opening thing that you posted oh, on your. Yes, I was like, oh, this is this is it. Like this, <laughs> it was so well done. Like yo, and I'm just they were freaking out. I'm just like, and Kalani is not even the leader. <laughs> it definitely reminded me of my hero, like the my hero type of cute, like especially like the recent intro thing with um, yeah. you know, I was like, this is so cute, like. So I really didn't. How long did I take you? Like, like what was this? How what was like the? I started. I started on a Sunday, and I worked from Sunday to Sunday, from nine a.m. to three a.m. every day. Oh my gosh! And honestly, like, it gives me such a respect for these um, animation studios that put out thirty minutes to sometimes forty-five minutes an episode every week. I'm just like, dude, like, I made that intro that was like a minute and forty-five seconds. But it literally could have been ten times better if I had a full team, you know. Because mm-hmm. there was things I wanted to put in there, like that I just could not do by myself, or else it would have taken like a longer time. But I, it definitely is a lot of work. But it definitely was from my, the micro opening. Definitely was one of my biggest like inspirations for that because I wanted to show. Because my story, I don't want people to think there's going to be moments in it where it's going to be really dark and real, where mm-hmm. people are going to be like, oh snap, like. You know, like that person just got like stabbed or whatever. But then there's also going to be times where it's going to be very lighthearted and adventurous. And I want people to see that. Like in my era, like sometimes, like literally just having a school festival for like yeah. a whole 10 episodes. But then like 10 episodes before that, people were getting like destroyed <laughs> and killed. So, you know, I wanted to have a good balance of adventure and fun. And I, when I was um, reading your first chapter, it definitely has that, which, you know, I love. But man, like, what? Because, like, as a also a Christian, like, what made you want to pick Revelations? Because that that chapter is very that book is very very like very not dark but very like vivid, you know, imagery. And this cute little world that you're creating <laughs> is like, I'm like, I'm so interested to see because sometimes just reading like a verse out of Revelation, I'm just like, I need to like pray in advance before because it's it's really like detailed you know and 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 like the times to come and because me i'm taking like scriptures from like other like the new testament you know which is kind of more but revelation that's like a whole different ball ball game so like what made you want to pick that um well i'd say my main uh i guess my main goal is a lot of people a lot of christians i should say when they and that are in our age or even older when they hear Revelation, their first thought is either, you know, like you said, either to, like, get in a way kind of scared or feel like, you know, like, this is too much, this is overdone. Like, this is, like, too much. Like, I'm not good enough or I'm not smart enough to understand Mm -hmm. this. So they don't even attempt to read it the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I want people that when they read my story, I want them to get, rather than being afraid of the end of the world, if you are a Christian, I want them to get excited about Christ coming back. Yeah. Because that's the whole goal of my story. Like, the whole characters and, like, all that stuff are really cool. But really, the main character, like, the, the end game is the final war where Christ comes back and we win. 
Like, and I want people to see that and see Christ coming back and get excited and be like, oh, snap. Like, he's actually a pretty cool dude. Like, not like, oh, God's going to, like, kill everybody. Like, no. Like, yeah. Such like just a real person. Like, and I feel like a lot of Christians, when they think of God, and, and, I, and I'm guilty of this too because I used to. And so recently I used to think of God as just being, like, this overwhelming person that, like, I'm not worthy to even, like, talk to or, like, you know, we're supposed to be real with him. But when people growing up in Baptist church, real to me growing up was I had to, like, get on my knees and bow my head and, like, pray like I'm, like, you know, like, oh, thou father, like, you know, like, like the, but in reality, it's just, like, this is our generation, like, where we can actually be real how we want to be with him. Yeah. I thought I got, like, I'm talking to you. It's yeah. bothering me, like, yo, like, I don't know, like, what's going on. Like, can you show me? I don't, like, make it, like, this really big, like, ritual. And that's the thing with having a relationship with God. It's, you don't, there's no, like, set way to do it. It's just, a, it's like, any kind of relationship. It's just you talking how you are to God. Because he wants you to, like, come as it. So he wants you to talk to you. And he'll talk to you how you receive, you know, how you receive conversation. Because I talked to my sister, and she's like, oh, like, she's a very, um, like, people person. So she doesn't like to, like, be by herself. So, like, she's like, God will talk to We'll talk through or do like her friends or people because she loves yeah. to connect with people. So I was like, he'll you he'll he'll use your avenue of understanding, you know, to get to where you're at because it's that's your own relationship with him. Not everyone has the exact same relationship with God. Like it's because we're all different. So having this thing where it's like, oh, you have to be exactly like this is not true. Cause even with my own experience, I've been learning like I'm hard headed. So God be like, hey. I need you to do this. And I'm like, okay. And he'd be like, stop doing this. I'd be like, okay, you're right. Like, you know, kind of like simple, but sometimes it's, it's different from everyone else. But like, that's my own experience. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think it's a really like negative connotation when it comes to that, you know, especially, you know, how we grew up. But like, my mom's always been like, no, you know, don't listen to what people say listen you know how to hear from god so you know how to understand that so i'm glad you brought that up but um yeah that's amazing and i remember watching my mom she's a um she prophetess so she um watches everything she's like oh that's that can be biblical that can be this so <laughs> growing up i was always watching that with her i remember watching legend of cora and um it was an episode where cora like fought her um her uncle because he was in like that um what was that? What was the name of that spirit? I forgot what it was, but it was in Cora. Like, turn- oh, yeah. I know it was a while ago. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, but it was in Cora. Like, kind of like, like went in, like her spirit, her blue spirit went into him and like kind of like changed and brought out. My mom was like, "That can be biblical," and she explained to me how it was, and I'm like, "You're right." So, and I, I love when she did that because it's like, it's a spiritual undertone in it, you know. So, like, I love how you're saying how you just want to take piece of that in the Bible and put it in, you know, where it's like everyone can enjoy it and then, but then like still won't be able to feel it, you know, on a spiritual note. And then maybe even have a chance to, God can't talk to him through that. Cause I know he's had with me with certain series. So what you're doing is awesome and will definitely be well received. <laughs> definitely. So um, you're a graphic animator and I want to know like, what are your creative processes? Like your routine? I know you kind of, how to touch bases on it, but like, what are some ways that you get inspired? What are um some 
like routine that you set for yourself in order to create chapters? Like what's your creative process? Um, so what I normally do or what I say I, I recently started doing because before when I was working on book one, it was all just off the top of my head. I didn't write a script. I didn't write like I had a general idea and I just uh, I just worked on it. Um, recently for book two, I actually sat down with my editor and I said, yo, I like I really need to nail down the plot, the backstory for the main character and like all this stuff to make people to make to make people want to actually follow his journey. Um, so after we got that done, my, now my creative process roughly is, you know, before I work on a chapter, uh, I have the next like five chapters written out. So I have a basic guideline okay. and I sit down like how many pages roughly do I think this is going to take, um, inspirations. I normally, I guess before I start working on a new chapter, I, um, I look at the old one. I see, make sure there's like nothing that's like plot wise that like I need to revisit. Um, I definitely look at, um, I look at uh, like different arcs from other animes to see like if it. it I kind of judge the arc whether it's just like more of a um, informative arc, is this mm -hmm. more of a lighthearted arc, is this arc gonna have something crazy happen in the middle of it? And then I go look at like artists and see how they did that with their stories. And like you know, my hero Naruto Attack on Titan, Tokyo Ghoul, how they actually uh, kind of it's almost like a wave like. You know, there's like, you're up here at a fight scene and then there's a cool down period. Yeah. When is it appropriate to rise again for something else? Because you don't want to take too long because then people will get bored. And that's why people don't like Naruto Shippuden because they're like, oh, there's so many fillers. Because, you know, like, that's not the, they're, they're serious faults. Just, you know, they have to animate everything. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. they have to fill stuff out like that. Um, part of that, so it's part of my process. My other process is, uh, is introducing new characters, obviously. Am I going to add a new character to this? Is it the old ones? Um, when is it a good time to introduce new characters? Because it also depends on the anime. Like, sometimes characters don't get introduced for a long time, but then Kill a Kill is just like every episode, boom, 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 there's somebody new. <laughs> and it's, but it works for Kill a Kill because Kill a Kill is comical, mm -hmm. but also serious. So um, I guess my main process during all that is definitely just to look at my script. Um, I made a video on YouTube about like how I actually do it, like physically. And then um, from there, I just kind of follow that same template just to make sure I'm, I'm sticking with where I need to go. And now that I have the plot and the chapter scripts roughly written up, mentally I'm better than just sitting here like, I guess he should fight this person on this page. <laughs> what? Like, you know, because like, and that's where the thing comes in where I was feeling about, like, I don't like to watch new anime because during times like that yeah. is when subconsciously things slip in. So it's just like, oh, I'll have him fight this dude like this. And then I'll look at it a year later and be like, that's like Naruto fighting Zabuza or something. So like, and I don't like that because that's what a lot of animes are doing now. They're just cookie cuttering their story because it piqued people's interest. I think that's why Opera is doing so good is because it's like completely different. It's like yeah. Japanese. The only thing I, the Japanese kid going over to the West to race and all these different cultures, Native American. I was, I was like, yo, I was like, you're a Native American kid. <laughs> I was like, yep, that was pretty cool. But the only thing I didn't like about Akane, which I thought would have made his character development so much better, I know they couldn't because it's Japanese, if they would have made him go over to the United States and have to learn English throughout the rest of the uh, thing. Because everyone there speaks English, 
But like he's from Japan and it's like back during Pasadena in the 1920s. I doubt that he probably knew English. I bet the, I doubt the Japanese would use no English. But I think what they're trying to do is the episode I watched, like he's like this extremely smart kid. So I guess it was like kind of interpreted like, of course he knows all the languages. And it's just like, I mean, you can't interpret that. Like he's an engineer. But it's like, I guess, because I, I think he, he did read some, he, I think he read an American book with, with what the um, samurai found. I don't I think it was American. Okay. But still, it's like, that doesn't mean he knows the whole language now. <laughs> like, you know. It was just like a little brief part of the episode one where they got over and then he was just like, how did you know he, what he was saying? And he, he could have just been like, oh, I memorized the entire English language on the way. You know? It, yeah. It, yeah. You could have been like this. See, like, this dude is really smart. Yeah. But, you know, they didn't do it, and I'm just like, all right, I guess this Native American speaks Japanese. Like, <laughs> I guess this white guy does too. <laughs> like, I was like, all right. Because, like, when, you, when we watch, when you watch, how you watch Vinland Saga? Mm-mm. Well, in Vinland Saga, it takes place with Vikings. They're speaking Japanese, okay. but really, um, they're, and I, I don't know where the Vikings are from, but in one of the scenes, yeah, one of the scenes, they actually were, they're, um, about to fight um the French and they had it to where it was like they were talking and they're like, Oh, what what are they saying? You know, and then like they had like an interpreter come in. So it's like you understood that like they're different languages, even though they're all speaking Japanese, but it's like somehow like a they had like a different dialect where they're like, what are they saying? So I like when animes do that where it's like they're they're showing a barrier there, even though they're all kind of you know speaking the same language, but let's you know like they're from different cultures. So I like when they do that, but like, like you said with that, they could have just been like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I know all languages or something like that to where it's like, just a, a little like realism in there, not just like, oh, well, he's smart, so he knows everything. And it's just like, oh, is that true? Like, that's exactly, and, that's, and that's exactly what I'm trying to do with my story. Like, because like my story takes place in the beginning in the United States, but like I said, it's going over the whole world and there's so many different races now that it evolved from the original. So like, of course, cause my character is based off of a Japanese American. He doesn't speak Japanese. He's, he's just a Japanese American. Uh, Diaz speaks Spanish. Um, and Bailey's character speaks German. But other than that, like English is a dominant language still in the world, but there's all these other races that have come up now. There's like fishmen, like the Japanese country, like of Japan isn't Japan anymore. It's like this elven country. So it's like, it's like now this new language, but the only people that will be able to understand everybody are the main 12 because that's the power that God's given them so they can understand any language. But like for the rest of the cast that are the side members, they're not going to like when they're coming from different places, they're not going to know what people are speaking unless they learn it. Yeah. Which, so it'll definitely have that kind of realism factor. Um, like you said, for like the rest of the people that are in there, because they'll, they'll have to rely on the leaders of the rebellion to communicate while they're traveling across yeah. the world. And I, I like that because, like, no, because some animes are like, hey, here's this, like, spell. Now we all, we all understand each other. I'm just like, right. oh, okay, I guess that's cool. I mean, okay. But um, I like when there's like a little, like, a little barrier or there's like a, like, interpreter. Because I know the detective, William Dollar Detective, did that um, as well. So I, 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 I like when animes do that, so I'm glad you're doing that. I don't like I guess if it's like fairy tale or like other like action based animes where it's like they don't have time for like for those kind of those kind of barriers. So I was like, okay, I understand. But like things like Villain Saga or like other series where it's like they have nothing but time, you know, in between. Yeah. I, I love when they do that. Um, okay, so like you said, 
like your cast is gonna be really diverse. My my question to you is like, because it's important to have diversity. I feel like in entertainment. So I wanted to know like what your philosophy is when it comes to that, and you know like the significance to having a diverse cast of characters, not only like in the inside, but like physically as well. You know, and a race that just diversity in general. Um, well, that's like, well, my main, when I was coming with my brand and my, in my business, my main thing I wanted to, to put out into the world is my, my motto for my company is to bring culture together through comics. Like, that's my main thing. I want, my goal was to literally have, it doesn't matter where you're from, you could be from Africa, Japan, China, Russia. I want you to read my story and see your culture in that story and feel represented. And I feel like now, even in the anime industry, like, it's now more becoming a thing for anime now to branch off and add different races because before, like, black people really weren't in anime until really recently because now it's, like, like, a, like it's like accepted now. Um, even that, like, with being, I guess, was a good example. Like, I, even when Naruto, they came out back in 97, I guess Shippuden was where they introduced, like, the Hidden Cloud Village. Hidden Cloud is a bunch of black people. Yes. And they all love hip-hop. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, even though it's stereotypical, yeah. it works. Yeah. It definitely worked because it showed that, you know, he definitely recognizes that even in his world, it's just not all Asian and white people. Yeah. Like, like and I think that's where I really want to be is I want people to look at my cast and see that, like, you know, there's black people, there's Spanish people, there's Asians, there's whites, there's like a lot of different people. Um, so that way, when they, that way, like, if I'm from Russia and they see the Russian character, they can be like, hey, that's like my favorite character because he's from where I'm from, more relatable. I want people to see like Diaz that are from like like Venezuela or, or Spanish countries and be like, hey, like you know, she's representing you know, Spanish culture. She's not whitewashed. You know? Yeah, yes. I'm glad you said whitewashed. I'm glad you said that because with with I feel like just the POC like Afro Latinas. I feel Afro Latinas aren't represented, you know, well like that. It's normally like. The European based Spanish Spanish people are normally you know that like. I don't say caricature, but like all like that basis and you know TV. Same with um, with African Americans, always like the lighter skinned people, or you have to be straight from Africa. To where it's like, look, look, and it's just like, can we just get just just regular black people? Like you know, like why is there always like a basis where it's like you have to be extreme this or extreme you know that? You know, can we just get like just have let it be, just let it be, like you know? And I'm glad you said like the whitewash because that's extremely important. That's been one of my um, just main staples because even here in the States, like, I know, quote unquote, like, you're supposed to be like diversity and everyone's supposed to be like kind of whatever background they are now these days. There's still, I feel like, that, like, just in every race, like, just yeah. in every race, like, you're brown, you're black, you're, you know, you're, you speak Spanish, you're Spanish, but like, that's not like nowadays everyone's so mixed. Yeah. Like, how, how do you have the right to say that? Like, even my cousin, my cousin Bailey, like, him being my cousin, he's white, and he's, he's half white and half Spanish. And him being my cousin, that means I have some of that heritage, too. So, obviously, I'm not fully black. So, like, I, I want to make sure people can feel like, you know, everyone's represented. And when I was staying in Japan for a little bit, I didn't feel like there was any barrier for race. Like, I saw guys out there that were straight up, like, that were black, that were from Africa. They weren't American there in Japan. They were from Africa, but they were born in Japan. And they just treated them like they were Japanese. Like there was, mm. they weren't African Japanese or like you're like they, like they were just Japanese people. 
And I was just like, and that's where like I want people to like see in my story that like there's not gonna be any like I wouldn't say there's not gonna be any racism because I can't get like you can't get rid of racism in the world. But in my story, there's gonna be obviously groups that don't like each other because they're a certain group. Yeah. Like, but, like it's not gonna be to the extreme like how it is in the real world where it's like gonna be outright like oh my gosh I can't believe you said that. I'm gonna make my story like open so that way people can look at someone. And, and not necessarily look at someone's skin color and be like, oh, they're black, but actually, like, watch their character progression and yeah. be like, oh, so that's where he's from. Interesting, you know? Yeah. Like, I love that. I was going to ask you um, about your stay in Japan, because I know you, you know, you were staying there um, recently. Like, I know we talked about it, but, like, can you let people know, like, how was your stay there? What places, what places did you stay at? And, like, what was like, your experience with that? Because... I would love to go to Japan, but you know, funds are low and yeah. quarantine. But yeah, how was your experience there? Flying there is the hardest part. I always tell people getting getting there is the hardest part just because of plane expenses and if you're getting a hotel, the hotel. Um, I always encourage people if you're going to go to Japan, go to a go to a city that's not as popular. So I flew to Tokyo and Tokyo is definitely like one of the most it's like going to New York. Going yeah. to New York. Los or California. It's going to be expensive. So if you're going in Japan, um, get a cheaper flight going to like Osaka or Hiroshima for like roughly $200 to $400 and then just take a train to Tokyo if you want to go to Tokyo because you can get a train ticket for maybe under 10 bucks, maybe 20 bucks, depending on how far you're traveling and stuff. Um, but my, my initial stay, I always like to talk about it and encourage people because a lot of a lot of minorities that want to go to Japan sometimes don't go because they feel like they're going to be racially profiled or they're going to stand out. Yeah, and I, and I encourage, um, I encourage people just in general to go and experience it because it's definitely it's an eye opener. It's a completely different lifestyle, a different culture. Like how we, how they are in Japan, or how it's how Americans used to be back in the day, where they actually cared about their neighbors, cared about you know their community, cared about yeah. like, literally like pick that up, like you don't drop that on the ground, or like you know if you do something wrong, we're gonna call you out on it. Like they actually care about their entire economy and country and it's just like it's insane and the fact that i was a foreigner there i i went in thinking i, didn't, I went in having no expectations but i didn't want to be like you know going in thinking this is about to be the best experience and then like for some reason i feel like it wasn't or going thinking this is gonna be awful like i just went in and i was just like you know what i'm just gonna see what happened i can tell you it's probably the best experience of my life um they treated me as they, they treated me as if i was japanese i guess it probably helped us speak japanese but even if I didn't, they treated me as if I was um, I was living there, that I was part of their community. My people, if I got, if I had a question or like I was lost, I, I remember I was asking them. Um, I was at a uh, I was at a bus stop, um, and I was trying to figure out how to get from point A to point B um, before the uh, bus ran out, and I had to figure out how to get back to my hotel. This mm-hmm. man I saw I saw coming behind me. He was sprinting with his briefcase. I guess he was late to work or late to the train. He was he was booking like he was on his way, and I felt rude by asking, but I just stopped him. I said, you know, like, hey, can you, can you tell me like where how to get to here? He like stopped whatever he was doing. He made sure I got to where I had to go, and that I he made sure that I got on the bus that was going in the right direction. And then he proceeded to sprint off to like he could have been late. I, I'm pretty sure I made him late. He could have got chewed out by his bus. He could have got fired for all I know. But he like stopped his whole life just to help me, even though I'm not Japanese. Yeah. That's, that's just the vibe I got there. Even going to different restaurants, like 
going to quote unquote parts of town where like black people shouldn't go because they won't like let you in because you're black and stuff. None of that. Like they were talking about going, you can't go to bathhouses if you have tattoos. I have like three or four. Not they didn't they didn't care. Like they just they didn't there was none of that. And even me being brown, like being over there, I didn't get like any like weird stares or like people like talking about me or not sitting next to me. People were people were actually coming up and talking to me just because like they thought like that, that I was cool that I was there. Like I remember going to um I went to a Nissan like uh, car uh, expo. So they were showing up. That's the other thing. You're not no one's seen the cars from Japan. It's insane. It's like some trauma. I bet. I mean, they have a a trans no have a Gundam that transforms like at a certain time at night, right? So I can only understand like what their cars look like. People, they're talking about they're like talking about all these new Corvette for 2020 Corvettes and Mustangs. I'm just like, you guys have no idea what's coming out in Japan right now that we'll never get because the trade won't open them. Yeah, like, that's just not. It will just never get them unless there's a people trade. But I was like, you guys have no, they're on a completely different level scientifically. Like just from us, like they're already like, or they were. I was pretty sure like their cell phones were already headed towards 10 G when I left Dang. in uh, 2017. They were already headed there, and I was just like, "All right, <laughs> we're still worried about 5 G." <laughs> um, what was, what was I about to say? It was about uh, shoot, it was about um. Okay, I think just me being there, being brown. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So I, it was just I was there. People were coming up asking, "Could I like take their picture for them?" And like. I would, they would ask me, like, you know, like, what are you doing here in Japan? You know, I was telling them, like, you know, I'm here just exploring and vacationing, and I'm a manga artist, and they just thought that they were just, like, so actually genuinely, like, this is cool. Like, this is actually cool that our culture is, like, we're bridging the culture finally. Yeah. Because before the 90s, really, it was still super separate. Like, Japanese people, they didn't want foreign people coming to their country and, like, messing things up. Like, that wasn't, like, but now yeah. our generation in Japan is more like, like, we actually want to mix with other cultures because like you know that's how the world's supposed to be anyway yeah but now like it's actually being like okay like you know what i mean like even in the yeah. united states like for a while mixed people like it was frowned upon but now mm -hmm. it's like because now it's already like oh you're mixed like that's normal like and that's what japan is trying to be like they're trying to actually incorporate other cultures with their own which i guess it, it kind of like i can see why older japanese people are like no, don't because we'll lose the Japanese history. But then again, it's just like you know, like I said, the world is supposed to be mixed up anyway. So like, because like we're just going back. <laughs> when I because like, when I was saying before about diversity, I'm like diversity isn't a checkbox. It literally just is because look at the world. We all are. We're all different, but that doesn't mean we can't be represented in you know entertainment or just different mediums because. That's being realistic. Like, there's diversity is just we're all different. So it's like for series, be like, oh look, we have one a black person, or we have this one ethnic person. You know, we did diversity, and it's like no, like <laughs> you know, you just have you just create different characters. Like you just do. Like that's diversity. It just is. It's not a checkbox. Not a accomplishment. You just do it. You just create it like that. So, but yeah, yeah and like even you know. Cause like I've been, um, you know, Pastor Todd of Transformation Church. I've been, you know, him, are you familiar with him? Well, he's like a new pastor, and he's been like really breaking down these theologies of, you know, not only the Black Church, but just like, just like bad connotations that um, Christians we put, you know, as people put 
on our religion and of course like um outside as well but mainly on the inside because he's realizing like a lot of people who grew up in a church are getting hurt by it so they're like moving further away from god so he's he's always apologizing he's like look we're all we're all God's people, you know. So I'm sorry if you got hurt by someone in the church. I'm sorry if you you know got treated this kind of way, racism, whatever. You know, I apologize. I'll take the heat for that, and I really commend him with that because not a lot of pastors will get up and do that, <laughs> or you know, call out the you know to call out the wrongdoings that it has because you know he's just like it's getting worse. Like no, like you know, we're that's not what God wants. <laughs> God doesn't want division like this. Like he created everyone for a reason. So everything else that's created, man created, not God. So don't, you know, like, no, don't, you know, so I really appreciate that. And, um, but yeah, like you said, like, we're all just, we're all meant to just love each other, not create these barriers. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm all about. Like, I mean, you know, definitely like the way I dress, the way I like um, draw and like, obviously I speak Japanese, like I'm definitely... Like, and I guess it's more of like, I was, when I explain it to people, that's when they're just like, oh, like, that's cool. But like, for the most part, like, when I walk up to random people, their first initial reaction, Americans, I wouldn't say the people, it's actually just here in our country that I've seen, like, people, like, they'll see me and they'll be like, like, oh, like, why are you, like, trying to be Asian? And I'm just like, and like, I'm not trying to be Asian. It's just, I've adopted, like, their lifestyle and style. And mixed it with my own upbringing to make myself like different and like, yeah. unique. Like, and that's what I'm really trying to push is just like, you know, like be yourself. Like, it doesn't matter that I'm brown or that I have curly hair. Like, it really doesn't matter. Like, if I want to wear a kimonoshi or if I want to wear get the, I'm going to wear it. Like, I don't, just because I'm brown doesn't mean I have to like, you know, wear like Nikes or like play basketball, quote unquote, and stuff. Yeah. Just, like, you know, and I don't want people thinking the same as other races. Like, just because you're like white, you, you have no say so to like speak Spanish or something. Like, I'm just like, I don't want barriers like in my series at all, like, you know? Yeah. Like, because there's diversity everywhere now. Like, like you know, like, it's just, it just is. Like, it's, and I'm, it's sad that it's still like a thing with our generation that we're so like hell bent on like keeping people in barriers and stuff here. It's just like, yo, he's like, he literally half, like, he's like half Asian and half white. Why does he have to be this one because of his skin color? And I think it's definitely having to do with with hurt uh, from what other people did to them. And because, you know, by their safe spaces, but really it's like barriers, they hinder you a lot of the times, you know? So, I, and I understand, you know, hurt can make you be like, this is from, this is familiar, you know, I'm gonna just stay in this corner over here and I wanna find like my people who match that, you know? But it's like, when you brought in that barrier, that horizon, like you meet different kind of people who can, who even share those things with you but you don't know because you won't, you know, leave that area. And I'm like, once we realize, once we get over racism and we just fully look at each other for who we are, I feel like a lot of hurt will get resolved, you know, and, you know, and we will finally understand each other because it's, it's a lot of issues we have in the world is because of hurt, because, you know, how we were treated growing up. Or how someone treated us who happened to be this kind of person or whatever. So now we think, oh, everyone who looks like that is this. And it's like, no, it's just, that's a yeah. person. That's the person. It's definitely, it's definitely <laughs> possible to get to that point. I, I broke barriers in my high school. I went to high school in, um, in, in McDonough in Henry County. 
And so, like, my school when I first went there, because I came, I came at the start of freshman year of high school, so, like, all those people knew each other growing up. I was a new kid. When I got there, there was, there was, there was like, so many barriers. There was the smart AP kids. There was the super redneck, like, country white guys. There was, like, a couple of black people that were, like, straight up from the ghetto. There was the anime nerds. And then there was, like, the computer geeks. There was, like, all these different boundaries that no one would cross. And I literally made I was just like, I'm about in the um, country like redneck people always call them racist they weren't racist at all they just had different ideals than them that they just assumed that they were racist because they had ideals some of those guys are still one of my best friends today like literally like he's super country in the country music I like country music we me and that group got along I got along with the, with the black kids because like like I at the time I played basketball so I played basketball with them like we talked blah 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 I hung out with the anime nerds I mean, I was a computer geek because I play Xbox. Like, my mom builds computers. Like, I was in every group, and by the time I graduated in senior year, I could say that I definitely brought more people together from those groups than I did the five and more. And that's just like, so I, I, know it's, I know it's possible. It's just yeah. People have to be open to do it. Yeah. And that's my, it's funny because my experience was reversed. Growing up in Pennsylvania, I grew up in a small town, Harrisburg, and I have friends of all, you know, races and ethnicities. And it wasn't until I came down here to Florida where the, like, I got slapped in the head with, like, racism and, like, you know, I'll, I'll try and be friends with some of, like, the, you know, white people and I'd be like, what? And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, why are we so separated? I'm like, what the heck? Like, and I'm like, why are we all separated? Like, I... Because literally, like, literally growing up, I have friends of, like, my whole friend group, like, was just different kinds of people because we that wasn't an issue, you know? And even I was in middle school, because I, I went from a sixth grade, seventh grade to here, to Florida. So I was like, I'm like, you all, this how y'all act like? Like, like, I don't understand it. So I totally relate to that. And high school was hard for me because it was, it was even prominent in the school I went to because it's predominantly white. So it was extremely, like, segregated. And like you said, I I like different kind of things, but they didn't mesh well together with the people. So I just stayed to myself. I figured, hey, I'll go. Music, I'll just go to school, go home, which wasn't the answer. But it was just like, it was so, it was so many people. It was a lot. And I was just like, I felt alone because I'm like, like, you can't like this because then you're not this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to deal with it. I'll just stick to myself. But that's amazing that you're able to, you know, Virtual gaps together because my mom she did that too when she was in high school so i really commend people who can do that me i can't do that on a social setting like that especially in high school i was like no so but like things like this podcast and other aspects i is my is definitely my avenue and i've definitely grown from that but like you said it's possible because like i've seen it done i've heard people who've done it and it's just i don't know why the separation like i don't like just be yourself, man. I know it's corny, but that's literally all it is. Like just be yourself. So on top of um being an animator, all the fun stuff, you're also an actor. So do you mind wanna like give me experience with that? <laughs> and... Um Okay, so I, I act a little bit. I would He's being modest, man. Like I saw you on <laughs> I saw you acting, I was like, Oh, he's pretty good, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I acted on this um, short little, it wasn't even a web series, it was the first episode called The Rambler. It took about like a year to, um, like, a year, year and a half to actually produce and like all that stuff. And 
it's definitely an avenue that I like. Um, I like putting on different like walls and like I guess like breaking the uh, the barrier, the, like yeah. the, the actual like acting barrier and stuff, because that was like one of our main things. Like, let's make this character a cowboy, but like let's make him not white, and it worked. And it's just like, and people liked it. And they were like, oh, like this can actually work. Like, yes, it can work. <laughs> that's like my, I love like breaking boundaries and stuff. This one, whenever I do so, acting is definitely just another avenue just to kind of not necessarily not like be like who I am, but it's fun to like make up a character and then like get into like their mind and like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, actually be somebody else for a little bit rather than I don't know. For me, it's like an escape. When I was filming The Rambler, it was just like to take a break from you know real life Chris and you know be a bounty, bounty hunter cowboy. Yeah, I thought I was pretty dope. <laughs> and it's cool because, like, I mean, I'm a dancer, and so, like, dancing, acting, kind of, like, the same thing, because I'm kind of portraying, like, a character or a scenario, and I just love getting that headspace, because it's like, wow, I can pretend to be somebody else, or, like, be, like, a version of somebody, be, like, somebody else, but, like, a version of, like, me within that somebody else, just, like, you know, it's just all that complicatedness, pretending, I love it, so, um, I do want to get into acting, but I can only imagine, like, just playing pretend, basically, like, like it's a kid yeah, type of thing. Exactly <laughs> Like, I literally, me and my friends have been doing this. Like, we were making videos and stuff since we were little. Like, the director, he's the one I've known him since we were four. So we literally been making stuff, making up. Like, oh my gosh! Like, it's literally, like you said, it's just play, make, playing pretend. And like, honestly, for creatives like us, it's definitely a good way to just like build your creativity and express yourself because it's literally, you know, like you're making up a whole. It's literally like mine. You're making up a whole new world, and you're the main character to be in it. It's just like it's super cool. And that's why when you know, like not even as a kid, but as a kid growing up, or like when you create something where you're just being yourself pretending, and then when you like take it to like someone and never to like but they're they're black. And I'm like, what? Like, but do you see the product? Like, but do you see this though? They're like, but they're black. And I'm like, what does that even like what does it have to like you know? So like being slapped with that, it's like, why is that? an issue like i don't they're just I don't make people like that anymore <laughs> that was my that was my whole life literally my whole life like oh you like anime like you're a nerd like but you're black and i'm like that doesn't make any sense <laughs> but okay let's see how far that gets you in life because i can tell you how far it's gotten me yeah no <laughs> like, for real for real i totally agree i, just, I try to i try to stay humble but it is definitely like fun to think about like those times where you're just like wow like they literally thought i wasn't going to get anywhere with what i'm doing and literally the animation industry and anime industry boomed in our generation so literally the perfect spot for us to start getting into this thing i totally agree so we're getting close to the end now i like to ask people this question i know it's very very cheesy. Everyone does it, but I mean, you have to do it. What are your top five favorite anime? Top five. I gotta put, and I watch so many. <laughs> um, I gotta put. Okay, I'm gonna have. Let's see, I'm gonna have some different categories. So for shonen, I'd say my top uh, three for shonen um, are gonna be Naruto. Um, Definitely got to, it's, uh, I can't find it. I'd say, I'd say Naruto, I'd say My Hero, and I, um, sort of on my Shonen, 
And then for horror, I'd say Tokyo Ghoul Attack on Titan. And then for Slice of Life uh, dash drama, I'd say uh, Anohana, Erase, uh, Megalobox, and um, there's one more that I've watched. Since I've watched this like five times. Uh, Promise Neverland. That's a good list. That's a good list. There's um, so many. I literally like Killer Kills on there. Like so, <laughs> I literally have like so many. And I'm just like, oh my god! So there's so many I've watched. Killer Kill's been resurfacing that on Twitter a lot. Everyone's been like, oh my god, I love Killer Kill. And even the past creators I've had on here are like, love Killer Kill. Um, same with Samurai Champloo, obviously, for obvious reasons, you know. And I just, because I love Killer Kill as well. When I first watched it, first anime, you know, like I said, I was sheltered. So I didn't knew, I didn't know about etchy stuff. So when I watched Killer Kill, I was like, oh, I like her shit. Tomboy, like, same. But then when I saw like the outfit, I was like, Ooh, this is not what I'm used to, but then, but once I got past that, I was like, it's a good series, you know, you know, and like, and then it's a son, it's it makes fun of itself because Ryu even said she was like, I don't wear this, like, what is this? And they're like, no, like, it's just the power, you know, and then they fully explain why, you know, the suits are that they are, and they make fun of it, you know, like they have like the, the like the the naked people, like when a teacher is like a secret agent with whatever. Yeah, I literally, when yeah. I first watched the series, like me and my friends were all like watching it in Orlando and we were all sitting there like, y'all like, like it was like when he first like took off, like he did like this thing and like he like pulled back his hair. We were just like, he has a really good character design. He just like clothes started up the thing. We were just like, what's happening? And we were just like, what's happening? No, and what, but once I got past that series, I started getting into like, High School DxD, which is one of my favorite animes. I was like, okay, once you get past that, it's like, all right, you know, like, but it has to have a good plot. Like, there's some that are like that. There's no plot to it. So I'm like, yeah, there's no point in me watching. But <laughs> the ones that have plot with it mixed with Etchy, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Can't watch it in front of my family, but I mean, it's pretty yeah. cool. But um, but yeah, growing up, we didn't know. My mom was like, no. So watching, I was like, ooh, I feel uncomfortable <laughs> watching. <laughs> But no, I love Kill Kill. I love Studio Trigger too. Like Studio Trigger is amazing. Like I love their animation work. Promare. Um, they have a new series called um, Brand New Animal. That's on Netflix. I think it's in Japan. It's not out yet in America, but it's still the same concept with like little animal people. Well, humans turn to animals. So cute. So yeah, but I love Kill Kill. But there's an anime coming out that's made by the same people that made Kill Kill. I just don't remember what it was called. Um, it like had the same style, animation, everything. It's like this guy that looked like you know the um guy that had the mohawk and nudist beach. Mm-hmm. He looked like him, but he had spiky blue hair. And it was made by the same people. I just don't remember what it was called, but I like saw it on I don't know if it was on Google or YouTube, but it like had like this trailer and everything. I was just like, oh snap! But then I never heard anything about it again. I think I think it was Premiere what you're talking. Is that about. It? Yeah, Premiere because everyone was like he was like Kanida from Gran Lago. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. he which he exactly was when he watched the movie. Um yeah, he's exactly like Kanye from Gurren Long on. But um yeah, the Promare the movie that movie was amazing. Oh, it was a movie. I thought it was a TV. Yeah, movie. no, yeah, it was a oh, movie. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I just realized I'm glad I changed up uh, Bailey's character design. He actually looks like Bailey's character design. Oh my god. Wow. See? Don't you hate when that happens? I feel like it's like God being like, hey, you need to work faster. Cause like, you know, like there's times where it's like, yo, how do, how, like, how? I'm, I'm 
literally looking at a picture on my wall of his character design, and it's almost like identical. It's not as, like out of the box; like his hair's not that long, but it's similar. Dang, that's crazy. <laughs> So I guess to you is like, what are some um, last words of inspiration that you can give to someone who is looking to create their own manga or comic who may not have like the tools, like as you do experience in, in graphic animation, who is like just starting out or who does have experience, but doesn't really know how to go about like character designs or story wise. Like what are your, what are some words of inspiration from your experience that you would give to them? Um, Definitely, I say it, it's definitely possible. Never, um, I know during my early years of doing it, I definitely have doubts where I was just like, you know, I'm never going to be professional. It's never going to take off. Like, it's never going to be, you never want to compare, that's number one thing, you never want to compare your manga to somebody else's because it'll just make you feel like you're never doing great. And I, and I, I still struggle with that because I look at my story and I still be like, oh, I didn't have that, like, Naruto feel yet. And I have to remember that, like, it's not Naruto. It's not has nothing to do with Naruto. Might not even get as big as Naruto. It's, it's my own thing. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely the tip one. Like, don't compare yours. If you want to be inspired, that's different. But don't sit there and be like, it's never going to be as good as quote unquote your favorite manga because then it never will be. Because even if it does take off, you'll always look at the numbers and you'll say that it's still not as good as blah blah blah. Yeah. When it, it's two different stories, two different creators, two different audiences. Um, definitely if you're, uh, the other tip that I have is, um, uh, definitely don't worry about too much about what you're making it with, um, and how quote unquote manga is supposed to be done. Like that was the other thing. Like I always thought that manga had to be done with paper, pencil, and a scanner and everything had to be done traditionally if it was going to be legit. And that's not the case for me. I do a mixture of both. My manga is done on my computer. Some of my illustrations are done on a computer, some are traditional, like the one I'm working on now. I use my markers and stuff. Literally whatever works best for you. Um, and what your budget is. Like this is an expensive that's the other thing. Um, it's definitely going to be a lot of money in the beginning, but it will pay out after that. I put in probably almost over two hundred dollars just alone on markers and equipment and software, but for the most part, I don't have to spend that much more money because I have everything. It's like paying a lot in the beginning, but then after that, you're set. You don't have to worry about much. And then once you start selling your book, the money will come back and you'll make it up. And you'll be like, oh, it's already back in my bank account. Cool. And so, and, oh, my sorry, no, go Sorry. <laughs> and my third tip would be as far as character design and story. Um, what I found to be for character design, uh, at least now, is design them in any way you definitely think is, uh, don't, don't model them after another character that supposedly works. Um, come up with something original, whether it's super detailed, super not detailed. Uh, what's the anime that's uh, Nichijo? I've never seen it, but it's super not detailed. Like, it's just not. Like, like if you want to draw a detailed manga that has, a, like, Attack on Titan or, like, Tokyo Blue type stuff, then go for it. But if your manga literally is just, like, One Punch Man before One Punch Man became famous, Look where One Punch Man got it. Like, the artist for One Punch Man, I'm not going to bash and say his art was awful, but, like, it wasn't the best art in the world, and somebody saw it and saw this plot and said, this can work. And now he's, like, probably a millionaire. Like, and don't be, and, and my last step is don't be afraid to um, feel like you have to do everything on your own. Um, yeah. Some people can do it. I Right now, I'm doing it because I have to, 
I don't have the money to pay for a team. I would love a team because I feel like we'd be getting stuff done. Period. But, <laughs> it, 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 I have so many ideas that I know I could do if I had a team. We could get so much done. But right now I'm doing it by myself and that's fine. But if you feel like, you know, your art isn't the best and you have a friend that's an artist, talk to them about it. I talk to my friends all the time about my plot, my characters, and my story to make sure from an outside looking in Mm-hmm. That it stays relevant and it stays interesting and it doesn't seem like it's something else. Always talk to people. Don't be afraid that you have to keep your story contained. Always talk to people because the people that don't, your fans are your feedback. They'll tell you either where you're going, either in a good direction or you know what are you doing with your story. They're the ones that's going to tell you. That being friends and family, even if they don't read manga. My mom, well, my mom watches anime. She doesn't read manga. My dad doesn't read anything. He stopped watching Naruto when I was like ten, but he knows enough. Just about general storytelling to read my plot and be like, this seems interesting. So always talk to people, always be willing to accept feedback and, and criticism, even though you feel like this is my story. Like, don't be afraid to. If someone says, like, hey, I don't think this is going to work, you know, don't be afraid to look at it, think about it, and be like, you know what? You know, I should change it. Or if you think that they're wrong, then that's your option. Yeah. Like, definitely listen to people, they're going to help you out a lot in the long run. That's well said. I totally agree with everything. Um, so, uh, speaking of your um, manga, it is published. Like people can buy it. Can you say the website people can go buy it and support you? Um, so the website that my first book is on is called Lulu.com. If you go to Lulu.com, it's like an Amazon for books. The people that self-publish and publish their books and stuff. Type in Chicago Power of God. The first one up. Um, also I have like my Instagram, which is Chris Burns. Um, if you type in Chris Burns, I should be the first one to pop up. Uh, if not, you know, I'm on, I'm on your follow list, so you can make him follow me through you. I have a YouTube. I just, Instagram is probably the best place to look at my stuff because I have like every other thing you can go and click on my book, other websites, all that stuff. Now, is there any other projects you're currently working on right now to end things off? I don't want to say because, you know. I want you to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, recently I got hired to be the lead artist for a new upcoming manga called Marine, the Hood Assassin. Roughly, it's about a girl that is from another planet that is born on Earth that she doesn't know that she's from another planet. And she ends up awakening her powers when she's about 10, and she has to discover where she's from, what are these powers for, and like all that goodness. Um, it's written by um, my boss, which is the author. His name is uh, Patrick. Um, so you can follow him through me. I've posted on my page so you can check out that and keep updates with Marine. It should be published in the next six to eight months of first book. So awesome. I would love to have the two of you guys on another podcast episode to talk about it because I feel like that's awesome. And it was getting a lot of well received um feedback through Twitter and I was very excited. I was like, That's my friend Chris, he jobs that's awesome. So I'm very excited for that. Well, Chris, I am happy to have you on today's episode. Had a lot of fun with you. Um, can't wait to have you on the next on the next podcast. And is there any final last words you have to say to the people before we end things off? Um, just keep striving, guys. It doesn't matter if it's manga or just life. Definitely um, keep pursuing whatever you're pursuing. Um, people that put in the most hours, even though it might not seem like it's paying off now, will definitely pay off in the future. Just take time. Remember to follow Chris on all social medias down below. I'll post them in the description. And remember to always stay spicy. And I'll catch y'all later.